TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. It is the morning roast. Joe Spadoni in for Bonte Hill, Sam Lubman in for Joe Shasky. Here, they'll be back, don't worry. They're reeling after that Niners loss, getting their minds right. It's a get-right game for Joe Shasky, Bonte Hill, and the 49ers this week. Is it a get-right game for the Golden State Warriors who are taking on the Miami Heat tonight? Our coverage starts at 6 o'clock right here on 95.7 The Game. You're home for Golden State Warriors. 6 o'clock with Warriors Live. Mark Grandy will have that before handing it off to the voice of the Golden State Warriors, the great Tim Roy. Bounce back. They need it. Because they've been playing well. The Golden State Warriors have been fun again. The young guys, Kaminga, who's been doing a little talking, a little chirping. Uh, and we're going to have Anthony Slater here in a minute to uh, kind of discuss what happened there. Because Kaminga talked to his colleague over at the Athletic, Marcus Thompson II, and was basically like, hey, I get it. You know, no one can guard me when I'm off ball. But at the same time, I got to be there for my, my vets, stuff like that. You know, I got to play on the ball. Look for shots for them. But we got Anthony Slater here now. Our 95-7 the game, Golden State Warriors insider. Covers the team for the Athletic at a very, very high level. Anthony, uh, Joe Spadoni and Sam Lubman in for Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. How was your Christmas, buddy? It was good. There's a bowl game going on right now. I just turned on the TV as I'm kind of emerging today. There's a bowl game. The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I think we're watching the same one. SMU v. Boston College. That Fenway, huh? That's interesting. And this time of year is always weird when these random games are dropped. I I can't. Yeah, the bowl season, and that's going to go to kaput, right? Basically, because they're going to expand to twelve teams now in the college football playoff. So what's that going to happen? The Duke Mayonnaise Bowl. These are legacy games. You know, it's a great bowl game when there's mayonnaise being poured on the head coach. (laughs) There you go. That one's disgusting. (laughs) No thanks. Well, that's the word you chose to use. That's the word that Steve Kerr used. After the game against the Denver Nuggets, Anthony called the officiating disgusting, and the viewing the viewing experience just disgusting. What were your thoughts on the coach's comments? The game in and of itself, all the foul calls, Nikola Jokic going eighteen for eighteen at the line as the Warriors in their five game winning streak was snapped on Christmas Day. I think Steve kind of like uh, smartly and probably for financial reasons, you know, <laughs> fine reasons didn't go right after the officials. He really tried to qualify it by saying, we have great officials. I love the officials. They're just being taught by the league to call these things, right? Directed. And, and he talks about it being, you know, defense being legislated out of the game. And 
Um, you know, it's funny because Jokic is not like a – you wouldn't consider him, uh, a, you know, a big violator of this where yeah, I think he's 18th in the league in free throws, 18 tied his career high. This guy isn't a guy who, you know, just is always up in the, in the high teens in free throws. So uh, – but I generally agree with Steve overall. Like, I don't lo- love where the game has gone in that way. I think most people would. And this, this uh, you know, discourse dates back to James Harden on the Rockets, right? It's been like that for a while. Just, you know, stars – overemphasizing selling calls or whatever you want to say to get to the free throw line. And uh, it does, it can make for a rough viewing experience if, you know, an entire quarter just kind of turns, turns into that. So Anthony, for me, just, just as a Warriors fan, obviously there's a part of the frustration is also, is just, I've watched Steph Curry throughout his entire career. And it just seems like he's never gotten these, these ticky tack foul calls that like James Harden's gotten that, you know, Nikola Jokic has been getting. And so I feel like, it's mean, wrong to say that maybe some of Steve's frustration uh, that he's saying there is partly into the fact that you know he's seeing these guys get these calls, but Steph throughout his career really hasn't. Yeah, well, I would say like the Warriors are built not to take advantage of of this, right? Because Steph doesn't sell calls, um, you know, especially off ball. You just don't see him doing a lot of like kind of the uh, you know more like driving the contact, throw his arms into something. It's just not part of his game. Clay, for years, they remember they were trying to teach him, hey, when you pump fake instead of sidestepping, like, you can jump into the guy. It's just stuff that they don't do, number one. Two, they're smaller and they foul a lot. They're always, you know, they have been, uh, you know, top five team in the league in committing fouls. So they're more susceptible uh, to these type of calls. So, yeah, I think some of his frustration probably is the way his team is built. Like, this, it's bad for them that, that this is the case. And, and you're going to have a quarter that changes the game when you have, you know, a rookie guarding Nikola Jokic, a smaller Kavon Looney guarding Nikola Jokic, you know, Wiggins trying to bang into those guys are going to get called for these type of whistles. And that's bad news for the Warriors. Anthony Slater joining us here on the Morning Roast, our 95-7 The Game Warriors Insider. Another, you know, story coming out of yesterday and uh, coming out of the game was, you know, your colleague, Marcus Thompson II, and the comments that Jonathan Kaminga made towards him. And uh, here's some of the quotes, Anthony, obviously you know about them just for the audience here. Quote, me without the ball, nobody's guarding me. But sometimes I've got to take that away to make sure my OGs get the ball. That's where it's confusing. Sometimes I come out the game not knowing what I did, and that messes with my head. It's like, what do they want me to do? I can pass. I can do different bleep. So he says that. Steve Kerr was on our uh, airwaves yesterday basically saying, hey, listen, I love the passion. I know what he's talking about. Uh, Maybe he shouldn't say it that way. Uh, He'll have a talk with him and stuff like that, basically. But he understands the frustration from Jonathan Kaminga. He thinks he's doing uh, better and stuff like that. What did you make of the comments from Kaminga and the frustrations, obviously, you know, not playing a lot in that second half against the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, to me, it seemed like the sub was was about 3.30 left or so where he brought Clay Thompson in for him. And Clay was not having that great of a game. Uh, was the one that frustrated him. You, know, you could tell on the bench because um, you know he'd been closing. And the thing is, like, this isn't the Kaminga situation of even a few weeks ago. You know, a month ago, where he was. Remember there? I mean, there was the night he was out of the rotation. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what turned this season. But you know, he's like, look at his minute totals: thirty-four, twenty-three, thirty, twenty-seven. He's starting every game. I think he started eight straight games. Um, there's just, I think, been a few nights where. You know, Steve Kerr went elsewhere to close, and that has kind of frustrated him. And he is at this pivot point of his career. He has a huge uh, summer ahead where he becomes extension eligible, right? And I think we all believe he has the type of talent, and I know he believes he has the type of talent that, you know, could theoretically be like a a big money number in this league. Uh, So, you know, in a lot of ways, like his career uh, is changing trajectory potentially right now. So every night probably feels 
you know, like it has outsized importance. And he has been playing really well. You know, he has a, a point in a lot of ways. So, but that's the, the the tough situation that this Warriors team kind of strangely finds itself in, where it is 15 and 15. I think there's questions about the top level talent next to Steph Curry, but there aren't questions about the depth, right? There are legitimately 11 now, 12 guys, if you consider Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, who like clearly deserve minutes and and they're just not enough to hand out. So on any given night, like somebody's going to be frustrated. You could have kept Kaminga in the game the other night next to Wiggins, and then Clay Thompson's not closing down the stretch. And then guess who's frustrated? Post game, Clay Thompson, right? I mean, he did that in Phoenix. So uh, that's just what it is for this team this year. Well, and, and I want to follow up there, Anthony, because it does feel like we're at fifteen fifteen right now. The the end of the year is how many? The January is approaching. Does it feel like we're kind of like in a fork in the road with how this Warriors season is going to go as it pertains to the young guys, you know, feeding them? We'll wait and see what's going on with Draymond. When is he going to come back? We'll, we'll ask you that at some point here as well. But does it feel like we're kind of at a fork in the road for how this season could go going forward as it pertains to, you know, leaning into this youth movement of this team? Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's been uh, a slow build, right? I mean, there's several points this season. I think the Moody situation in Sacramento. Uh, where Kerr, you know, criticized himself post game basically for uh, not staying with Moses Moody was kind of a pivot point of okay, now he's going to maybe close with the younger guys, play the younger guys. I think when they changed the starting lineup after that Phoenix disaster, where it became Pajemski and uh, Wig or and Kaminga, and they're starting every game. I mean, benching Andrew Wiggins was a huge pivot point. Um, going to Trace Jackson Davis lately has kind of been like a changing in the guard. So there's various things happening here that are shifting, you know, the way that you're talking about. But also, if you're talking about fork in the road, to me, and this is for most teams in the league, like that's a trade deadline, right? That's where you decide where this thing is going, what needs to be altered, um, and, and kind of what the path of your franchise is moving forward. So to me, you can kind of highlight the trade deadline as like where real, you know, front office level decisions need to be made on some of what's going on. Yeah, and you're speaking of, of things that are happening or, or things that are percolating, as Stephen A. Smith would like to say, uh, we're getting some reports that uh, Gary Payton II is uh, back at practice there. Anthony, what have you heard in regards to the latest of, of his status, uh, a potential return date, and as if you know, Steve Kerr needs more headaches, how, how is that? How is the return of GP2 going to, to impact the rotations in the minute distribution? Yeah, uh, to the first part of your question, he did practice yesterday. Um, you know, he's out tonight. You know, he's not going to uh, play tonight, but he's getting close. Um, and, you know, he's, it'll be interesting to see how Steve Kerr kind of, you know, works him in. You, you know, wh- whose minutes do we think he bumps in? You know, Pajemski seems like a candidate to, to be bumped a little. Moody's already kind of been nudged to the fringe, uh, you know, in Denver where he played two minutes. Um, you know, Kaminga, potentially Wiggins. Uh, you know, Gary profiles as a guard, but a lot of times he gets front court minutes. So, uh, we'll see, you know, maybe Sarich's minutes get, get trimmed a little bit. Looney is a guy who's, he continues to start, but he continues to barely play, you know, uh, after starting essentially. So I think there are a lot of guys you can trim a little bit from, but it gets crowded again. And then you guys are probably about to ask me about Draymond, but you know, he's probably sometime in, uh, January, you're going to see him again. And that's, that's a huge chunk minute guy coming back. So a lot of question marks. Yeah, you mentioned Kavon Looney there. We're already seeing his minutes really start to drop a little bit. I mean, is this something that we, we could see it, you know, this just the beginning of, of Looney's minutes dropping? Can we see his minutes even fade out even more in, in the coming weeks? 
Well, the real question is, like, does he keep starting, right? Um, because if he starts, he's, like, guaranteed that, like, you know, like five to start the game, at least five to start the second half. So, you know, that's 10, 12 minutes at least. And that's – at times that's all he's playing. You know, against Jokic the other night because it's a certain matchup he played more. Um, but w- will Steve Kerr continue to start him? He says yes. He continues to talk about how much they're, they're going to need Kavon and – um, it's we should remember how good Looney's been the last two playoffs. Uh, that isn't the guy we've seen this season, but like he, he's only 27. I mean, it does feel like at times an older 27. Um, so I understand the the trust and the and the the want to from Steve Kerr to stay with him. But to me, the bigger question is once Draymond comes back, what does the starting lineup look like? Because even before Draymond left really the night that Draymond left, they changed the starting lineup even the night he got ejected in Phoenix before he got ejected uh, to open that second half, and it was benching Looney because the combination of them two on the court together just had not worked this season. So when Draymond comes back, is he starting next to Looney, or is that the night that Looney gets bumped from the starting lineup? Or theoretically could be earlier for Trace Jackson Davis the way he's playing, but uh, I just don't see it going that way yet. So you mentioned, and we're talking to Anthony Slater here, uh, 95.7 The Game Warriors Insider, covers the team at an elite level for the Athletic. Joe Spadoni, Sam Lubman in for Ponta Hill, and Joe Shasky here on the Morning Roast. And Draymond Green. Yeah. There, ha- there seems to be, maybe this is too harsh, but a weight that's been lifted off uh, when I watch this team play. And whether that's because of Draymond, whether it's just the young guys playing, they feel free, feel, feel fun, there's something that shifted with this team as soon as Draymond Green got this indefinite suspension. You're saying, Anthony, and I'm reading between the tea leaves, you, th- you expect him to be back somewhere in January. I would ask you, is that the best thing for this team? Should they potentially, you know, maybe think about, you know, it's not the worst team. The, the team's playing well right now. If they continue to play well, we're mid-January. You know, Draymond Green, do they, you know, keep him out for a little bit longer? I don't think so. I think when he's deemed eligible, they'll they'll, they'll okay. want to bring him back. I mean, they still need to like even through this stretch, the defense hasn't been that good. Yeah. If they want to uh, be a legitimate contender, they need to solve their defense. To them, always historically, the solve to their defense is like a good, engaged, active, uh, you know, disruptive Draymond Green quarterbacking everything. I still think there's a belief that that's their you know, simplest way back to contention is like he, you know, it's why they give him a four year, hundred million dollar deal. Like after a lot of, you know, everything that's going on like that had already happened. So that's just has been their belief. I know what you're saying. Um, they are playing better since then. It, it does feel like a, like a, uh, I, I guess a more stress-free environment for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, I think part of it is in the, I think the hope from the league certainly is the suspension changes stuff where like, you know, he comes back and he's on, you know, he, he's under a microscope. He's going to be right. We all know he's going to be. So I think a, a certain version of Draymond green could really help this team. And if that version is not necessarily there, it might not even be in their hands anyways. Cause I think we all know what the league's going to do if something else goes down. So, uh, I mean, it's a big question mark, but I, I do not see them saying no, just stay away or anything like that. So the expectations for the team, obviously, are still championship or bust. How do you view the expectations? What should be realistic expectations for this team? Should it still be a championship uh, for the way they've been playing? I mean, obviously, prior to Draymond, this looked like a fringe play-in team. They get them back. They're they're feeling like championship again, Anthony. I'm just, it, it's such a difficult position for this team right now for Steve Kerr because on one hand, I can I could see obviously the young guys are playing well. 
they're playing very well. And then obviously if you go with the whole youth movement, you play these guys a lot, maybe the expectations of championship aren't there, but at least you're getting some development. Then you bring back Draymond, and then at your risk losing some of that development, it just feels like they're in such a tricky spot trying to thread this needle of a championship. And I don't know if the expectations should still be that. Yeah, I mean, look, they're not championship or bust in the way like the Clippers are, the Suns are right now, where like you know it's it's a just massive failure of an entire situation or you know transactional period if you don't get one because you don't have one. I mean, the Warriors have four. This core has four. The Boston title to me will always kind of be like you know the cherry on top, like legacy cementing title. So like if this core fades out well in the moment, like you know let's say they lose in the first round, second round this year, like it'll feel disappointing in the moment. I think we can all take a couple steps back and realize, like, what a success story the entire situation has been. Um, but the reason why, in some ways, they are championship robust, if you want to term it that way, is because of what they did this past summer and, and what they've tried to lean into. They traded a first-round pick along with Jordan Poole. They they, they went, uh, you know, older. They did the Chris Paul move. Um, they re-signed Draymond. Like, they, they, they did kind of go all in, or at least somewhat all in, on the now and you know, Mike Dunleavy's signaling that at the deadline he's trying to make moves to help this year's roster. Um, so that's they're 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 saying they are going for it. I can certainly understand your skepticism. I have it myself that this team, you know, has the capabilities to either make a move that gets them into that championship tier or this current roster. Like I, to me, it seems a little bit just like last year's team, which maxes out as like a second round, like a final eight type team. Um, but we'll see because. Uh, they have internal belief that they can be more than that. And, and, you know, they've proven, like, I would have said the same thing during that, the year they won the, the title in Boston. So, um, uh, what we will see is, is probably the easiest answer. Yeah. Anthony, kind of going off that you're around this team enough. No one's as tapped in on this team as you are. You're seeing what these young guys are doing. You've seen what these veterans are doing. If the goal again is to win a championship, I know you just said you know they're maybe not be at the same level of championship or bust of other teams, but if they are at that, if that is obviously the goal is to win a championship, what's the best combination of what's the best combination they can kind of go with to make that goal happen? Is it going with the young guys? Is it going back to the veterans? Is there a mix of the two? Just in your own opinion, what's the what's the best combination they can go with there to, to, to try and win a championship this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, a, it's intermixed. I do think the deadline could come interesting, you know, at an interesting time. I, I think people have talked about a, a potential consolidation trade has, has been obvious, you know, uh, to maybe like two for one to up your depth. We'll see if that's even out there and available. Um, but it's, you know, I do think that, you know, the Wiggins Kaminga lineup numbers together haven't looked great this season um you know Wiggins with almost anybody hasn't been great this year uh just from a data standpoint but I think down the stretch of games and I don't know if this is kind of the more direct question you're asking like who should they close with on on most nights I'd go smaller um you know I'd like a Steph Clay Wiggins Kaminga uh Draymond five to me seems like the highest upside playoff five where you have two you know high-level wing defenders, theoretically, if they're playing at a high level. But, you know, big wings, you have your two, you know, shooters, and you got your defensive quarterback in the backfield. Like, to me, if you fast-forwarded to May and you said they are a championship contender, that would be my guess of, like, the the, the most elite five-man unit that would have brought them there. Uh, but there are a lot of other pieces to potentially mix in there, and there's a lot of question marks, including, you know, what will, Dray- will Draymond be eligible in playing, you know, come that time? Yeah. Now you you mentioned there, you know, Andrew Wiggins. Obviously, things that the the, the minutes with Kaminga haven't been great. 
but he could be one of the better options in the fine in the in the closing five. Uh, last week when you were on with Bonte and I, you, you kind of mentioned how Wiggins could be the most likely trade chip as well for the Warriors. Do you still feel like that's kind of a possibility that if there is someone who's going to be moved on this team, it will be Andrew Wiggins? I think he's he's certainly among the candidates that like like you mentioned. Um, he has a contract that you know it's it's appealing enough. Uh, you know, it's in the twenty four twenty five million range. If a few more years left, I think plenty of teams could talk themselves into you know Wiggins as a as a three and D you know wing plug and play that you know pretty much on any roster you know could could fit into a starting lineup. So, uh, you know, I think he could draw something back. So, um, but yeah. I, I think he's he's one of the guys as as the next month materializes that I think uh, you know Mike Dunley uh, can look at it, you know how how does he what could he possibly fetch? Anthony Slater here, and we appreciate your time, Anthony. Uh, Brandon Pajemski, like this guy has been pretty unbelievable for a guy that I mean he even played in Santa Clara. I don't even know who the hell he was. I mean he plays a local guy, obviously playing here, and, and this guy I. No, that could Mike Dunleavy even expected this level of production this early from him? Like I'm reading the tweet from Pajemski right here, and this is the one that went viral on uh, Christmas night. If you're watching the broadcast, this is what he had to tweet. Two years ago at this time, I had 17 DNPs and only played garbage time. One year ago at this time, I wasn't on any draft boards. Five months ago, all I heard was that I was a bust. Started the year out of the rotation, and now I'm starting for the best franchise in the NBA. I mean, is this the steal of the draft? Maybe. You know, I always am hesitant. This early to like you know talk about who loses the steal of the draft or not because three years from now a guy who may not be even playing right now might be a star right you know like you know a month into Nikola Jokic's career three months into his career we still didn't know who he was I mean then, Eric Pascal looked pretty good for a moment yeah exactly um, first team All NBA but beyond just a moment I, th- I think he might have led that team in scoring which you know oh don't 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 wrap me back into that season but. Uh, yeah, uh, he looks great. I mean, Pajemski does, and it's not a. I would say it's probably a surprise to some people within the Warriors that's come this quickly. I think there was an expectation there was going to be a lot of Santa Cruz this year, um, but there's a reason they drafted him. Uh, he really popped in their numbers model. Uh, you know, like a top ten type prospect in their numbers model. He the rebounding I think was a major factor. He led his conference at rebounding, I think eight point eight per game. I know a couple front office people went down to one of his games at Santa Clara, and he had like twenty one rebounds in the game. And I mean, you guys like this, we're not talking about some plotting center. This is like a six foot three energy guard basically doing all this. Um, and you've seen that in the games, right? How big are some of his offensive rebounds? He had five steals the other night, deflections, energy, extra passing. Uh, he's shooting it a little bit better, a couple of step-back threes. That's the big thing. To me, if he's going to take that next step and really be, you know, a high-end rotation player for a long time, like he's just he just kind of has to be like a 40% plus three-point shooter, I think. Um, and he's starting to look a little bit more like that. So, yeah, I mean, I was kind of skeptical of the pick draft night, but it looks great to me right now. All right, Anthony, one more before we get you out of here. Uh, as we're wrapping up the year, the thing that Spadoni and I have been kind of kicking around today is who had a good year in 2023, who had a bad year in 23. So I want to take Steph out of the equation here. Who had the best year on the Warriors in 2023, and then who had the worst year, in your opinion? Oh, man. Um, 2023, so through last season. Um, how about Mike Dunleavy getting a GM job? That's pretty good. Pretty okay, good, that's uh, a good one. Year. Yeah, um, and you know, I think he's done a lot. Like, uh, you know, if we're just judging his moves that he's made, I think he's done a pretty good maneuver job. Two 
looks like good draft picks. Uh, got off the pool contract for the Paul trade, depending on what you think about that whole thing. But uh, the Sarge signing. So I think he's been pretty solid. Worst year? If you're just talking 2023, I mean, I think Wiggins is an easy candidate for this, right? Because he obviously went through the personal stuff. And, like, you know, uh, considering where he was, I believe it was early December of 2022 that he was really hot to start the year. You guys remember he was, like, 45% from three, playing really well. Uh, And then he kind of had a groin injury, and then he left the team for a while. And... Really, I don't know. His game doesn't seem like it's recovered fully since then, and obviously it's to the situation it is now where he's coming off the bench for his first time in his career. We're sitting here talking about him being a potential trade candidate. So I don't know, I don't know who you guys went with, but that seems like the, the choice to me. Absolutely fair. And, Anthony, uh, again, we appreciate the time, man, and uh, we'll talk to you next year. All right. All right, fellas. Sounds good. Appreciate you, man. That's Anthony Slater. Joining us here on 95 Sun of the Game, Joe Spadoni, Sam Loveman. We're up against it. More of your phone calls, more of your chats. Golden State Warriors, you heard it there from uh, Anthony Slater. Still championship expectations. Do you still have championship expectations for this squad, even with all the youth movement going on with this team? 888-957-9570. We'll pick up that conversation on the other side. This is Spadoni and Loveman in for Bonte and Chasky on the Morning Roast, 95.7 The Game. Timing is everything. And now is the time to buy California during the year-end sell-a-thon at your California Ford dealers. It's time for our biggest offers of the year on the entire Ford lineup of trucks and SUVs, like the built Ford Tough F-150, part of Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 46 years and counting, or the adventure-ready Ford Bronco Sport with GOAT modes to help you conquer the great outdoors, and the always electrifying Ford Mustang Mach-E with zero to 60 thrills and zero emissions. Now's the time to buy during the year-end sell-a-thon at your California Ford dealers with exclusive offers on your favorite Ford vehicles. And now's your time to get behind the wheel of the Ford truck or SUV you've always wanted. But time is running out. These offers absolutely end on January 2nd. Visit your California Ford dealer today based on 1977 to 2022 calendar year total sales. My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. The next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Now through March 21st, new customers can get 1.2 gigabit internet on the Xfinity 10G network for just $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and Wi-Fi equipment included when you add Xfinity Mobile with unlimited data at regular rates. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. Fish for deals at Whole Foods Market. Prime members save 25% on all caviar and raw cooked and breaded shrimp through January 2nd. Satisfy your deep sea cravings with solid savings on select seafood favorites. While supplies last, shop in-store or online. Terms apply. Kids, one eight seven seven cards for kids. Donate your car today. 
1877 cars for kids. K-A-R-S cars for kids. 1877 cars for kids. Donate your car today. Donate your car today at carsforkids.org. Your car, running or not, can be picked up as soon as the next day. No title, no problem. Call 877-CARS-FOR-KIDS or go online at carsforkids.org to donate today. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS K-A-R-S, cars for kids 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS Donate your car today. Hurry, it's your last chance to donate for 2023. It's not just the season of giving, it's the season of giving back. That's why Kia is continuing its tradition of helping others by extending its partnership with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Kia's goal is to help St. Jude continue to improve the lives of kids and their families around the world through Kia's Accelerate the Good program. We want to make every child's holiday a little brighter. Join us and help celebrate Kia's season of giving back. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event ends 1-2-24. In sports, success is about team effort, and the same is true for your hair. At Great Clips, we save your haircut details and clip notes so every member of the highly skilled team knows exactly how to create your signature look. Download our app today. Great Clips. It's going to be great. Don't miss out on limited time appliance deals during the closeout event at Lowe's. For a limited time, get up to 35% off select major appliances. Plus, get an additional 20% off in-store clearance appliances. Hurry, these deals are too good to last long. Shop in-store or online today. Because Lowe's knows deals. Lowe's knows home improvement. Valid 1228-23-1324. Selection varies by location. While supplies last. See Lowe's.com for details. Hi, Discover. It's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got a fraud alert. No problem. You're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Did you buy something from a t-shirt cannon store? No, I already have like three. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. In Santa Clara, chance of shower is a high of 66. Weather brought to you by Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest makes it easy to stick to your goals with food delivered right to your door. Visit daily-harvest.com and use code HARVEST for up to $65 off your first box. You use your cell phone for a lot of things, but you shouldn't have to use it for everything. You deserve reliable home internet that fits your life and your budget. And right now, Internet Essentials Plus from Xfinity is free through the Affordable Connectivity Program. Get unlimited data and equipment included with no annual contract. Go to Xfinity.com free to see if you qualify. Restrictions apply. After program participation ends, Comcast standard charges, taxes, and fees apply. May not be combined with other offers. disgusting to watch. Thanks. Now, back to the Morning Roast with Vontae and Shasky. God, I love that drop. Spadonian Lubman in for uh, Vontae Hill and Joe Shasky, the Morning Roast, 95.7 The Game. If you missed any of our recent interview with Anthony Slater of The Athletic, you can find it on YouTube. Search 95.7 The Game, like and subscribe there. We are streaming all day long right here on 95.7 The Game, your home for Golden State Warriors basketball as the Warriors take on the Miami Heat tonight. Our coverage of that game starts at 6 o'clock with Warriors Live with our very own Grandy Man, Mark Grandy. He's doing a hell of a job doing Warriors, doing Niners, overtime with Sterling Bennett. We got all the sports covered here. We got garlic fries and baseball guys. We got Giants talk. We even got college football talk as I'm watching a college football game right here on my TV in the studio. Boston College versus SMU at Fenway Park. 
I just... Remember when football games were played in football stadiums, Spadoni? Last night, I watched a bit of the Holiday Bowl. Kind of. I watched a lot of the Raiders in my life, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's the Coliseum's a football stadium. Okay, multi-purpose stadiums notwithstanding. Okay. Last night, I watched a Holiday Bowl, parts of a Holiday Bowl, between uh, Louisville and USC, and it was played at Petco Park. Miller Moss, by the way. Who needs Caleb Williams? Six touchdowns Caleb in his who? first ever Future start. Raider quarterback? Huge. Um, and then, right now, we're watching a game, uh, the, the Wasabi Bowl... Between SMU and Boston College, future, future ACC opponents, that's being played at... Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively... Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Fenway, and then later on, you got my Miami Hurricanes at 11.15, primetime slot at Yankee Stadium. Like, why, why, are we just out of football stadiums? I mean, does, do they not have, like, football stadiums in Boston anywhere? Like, I don't... I need John Sterling doing a college football game. John Sterling calling the Miami Hurricanes, Sam. Can you think of anything better uh, right there? Thank you. Uh, Hurricanes! Uh, Hurricanes! Oh, there you go. I have zero hopes. You know, just when I came back and did that disgusting to watch, uh, we'll get back into college football in a second, because uh, the boss man uh, during the break... Hand me some interesting numbers. Oh. And apparently on Monday, people found the NBA disgusting to watch. Really? So here's the thing. So obviously the NBA and the NFL, they went uh, head-to-head on Christmas Day. There were three NFL games to the five uh, NBA games. Uh, the ratings are out. The, I'm going to start with the NBA. The Bucks and the Heat got uh, 2.5 million viewers. The Warriors and the Nuggets got 4.1 million viewers. The Celtics and the Lakers carried the day. They got 5 million viewers. The Sixers and the Heat, who's, who's watching that one, 1.3 million. That's apparently how many people are watching. That would be a good game. Um, I wouldn't know. I wasn't one of those people yeah. who watched. And then uh, 1.5 million people watched the Mavericks and the Suns rather than watch uh, Brock Purdy throw four interceptions. So that's how many people watched the NBA. The NFL, the Raiders and Chiefs, 29 million people Jeez. tuned in oh to watch Patrick Mahomes throw a pick six and see Brittany Mahomes cry after the game. Oh my God. 29 million more people than tuned in for the Giants Eagles game to see the end of the Tommy DeVito era. You know, um, oh my God. And oh then God. a mere 27 million people watched the Ravens Niners Monday night game. Apparently, Christmas dinner was going on, so 2 million people had to uh, go attend to that. But. NFL is king, Spadoni. I'm curious, why do you think that the NFL blew the NBA out of the water on Christmas Day? Because, again, Christmas Day usually is a day that the NBA does really well on. Uh, it's very rare the NFL does happen, the, that there are games, NFL games played on Christmas Day. Uh, again, if Christmas is on like a, on a Sunday, you'll get it. Maybe we'll get the Monday night. This is the first time I can recall the NFL you know, shoehorning in three games on a Monday just for Christmas Day. Um, obviously, next year, I think we, we, we said this yesterday, Christmas on a Wednesday next yeah, it's year. it's a leap year, so they're skipping So there, yeah. the NBA will hopefully be able to win the day next year when there's no NFL games. But then you got Thursday after that. 
Then you got a Friday. The NFL is starting to realize, hey, we could take over Christmas Day. I don't know. It is, why is, how does the NFL just, just trounce the NBA like that? How? Why? Because football's better. We love football. This is America, Sam. We love football. This is our sport now. It's not baseball anymore. It's not basketball. Our national pastime is the game of football. If it's not the NFL that's rating high, you know, we're laughing at these college football games. These are going to rate. Like, these these rate higher than are NBA they? games. Yes. Bowl games. and College football is the second most watched sport behind NFL football in America. Do you think the Wasabi Bowl is going to get more than 1.3 million No, people? and I'll tell you that the college football playoff between Michigan well, and yeah, Alabama is going to yeah. dominate the NBA final ratings. Like, that's just... It could be Lakers-Celtics in the finals, and Alabama-Michigan is going to dominate that. Like, it's just the scarcity of it all. And I've always been a proponent, and they'll never do this because this means less money, but I've always been a proponent of starting the NBA season on Christmas Day. I think that'd be I a agree. very fun thing. Well, it thing. almost feels like that's when the season... Kind of really just, does kind of right? start because right now they have like a, it's like Halloween, like they have it like, like it doesn't do well, anything. Well, it gets lost in the shuffle, of the MLB playoffs, and it gets lost in the shuffle of that, and then the MLB, sh- and, then, and again, college football, NFL, NFL takes that's it just, over again, out of sight, out of mind already. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention like in depth wise to the rest of the NBA outside of the Golden State Warriors or my team until hell. Might even be until after the NFL draft because I'm still doing all the draft talk. I'm talking about who's it going to be? Is it going to be Drake May? Is it going to be uh, Caleb Williams? Is it going to be Michael Penix? Is it going to be Jaden Daniels who just won the Heisman? Like, there's so much football talk dominating now, 24 seven, that the NBA sure you know once the playoffs start, the playing tournament that's fun. And you know Adam Silver's trying to combat this even a little bit. They're trying to garner stuff in the regular season by doing this IST. We laugh at it, but that's the NBA saying, hey, listen. We need to get more eyeballs in these regular season games because the water, the, the 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 product is getting watered down so much that you know what? Maybe the English Premier League, maybe these La Liga, these teams, maybe the teams over in uh, Europe are onto something with these these tournaments in season. But listen, I'm not shocked. Is anyone shocked at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero to see the NFL dominating the NBA on Christmas? No, not at all. Oh. I just I think another part of it is obviously yeah, football is always king. Uh, football, I think, is just it's an easier sport to watch. Uh, especially to casual viewers than the NBA. Uh, it's good. I think it's also it's a good background game to have on. Like it's just easy. Like when you have like family over on Christmas Day, kids are all running around. You're doing you're chopping up with family. Blah blah blah. Maybe you have something on the background just for people to, like sort of half watch. Um, NFL games are probably just easier to do that. I also think a part of it is just. We're later in the season in the in the NFL. Things are really spicy right now. The there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of things are up in the air with the NFL right now in terms of just kind of who's going to land where in the standings. Uh, you know, the Niners and the Ravens, they look like the class of their conferences, obviously. But, you know, there's a lot of shuffling going on beneath them as who's going to challenge those. So like, there's a lot of just really cool late-season storylines going on in the NFL right now. And I don't care what sport it is, late-season storylines in any sport are always going to top early to mid-season storylines. Like, what's there to be super excited about right now in the NBA if you're a casual viewer? It's just, the, it's it's not even the dog days trade yet. Trade season. It's, it's trade pre-dog season. days. You get, yeah. you get excited for trade and, and Anthony Slater, and if you missed any of that interview, search 95.7 The Game, download the Odyssey app. Um, he's basically said it. He's like, yeah, the fork in the road for the Warriors will come during trade mm-hmm. deadline. That's when all the action starts. That's when the you know the rubber meets the road here. And you got the buyout market right after Correct. that. So, I feel like, so yeah. that's it for the NBA. That's their little thing. But the NFL has so many of that. The NFL's trade deadline is like, yeah, whatever. But the Niners made a, uh, a trade for Chase Young, right? So there are things that happen, but it's week in and week out. Like, the game tonight is the Browns and Jets. I'm not going to lie. I'm, actually, no, the, the Browns Browns and Jets watch. are playing tonight. I'm probably going to have that Trevor on. Trevor Simeon versus Joe Flacco. 
we're all going to watch it because the Browns have a legit shot in the AFC. Two good defenses, actually. And because of Joe Flacco. That's craziness. But that's one of the stories. The Jets, they're an utter dumpster fire this season. But you know what? You're watching that game because they got a shot with that defense. There's storylines galore. And dumpster fires can still be fun to watch. It's a New York team. You know, that's kind of what we've seen with the Broncos. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, it's just... I do think it's just at the end of the day, when you're in the NBA, like things really don't get super exciting until probably after the buyout market is is settled. That's when it's like, okay, time for the stretch run. That's when things really start to gear up. Football's in the stretch run right now. So it's just it's just more a more compelling product right now. And, and the NFL is always going to be a more compelling product, but it's just it's even more compelling than normal right and now over whatever the NBA has to offer. And and I'm not yeah. going to go into the uh, David Sansom numbers here like, uh, like Shasky likes to do when it comes to this stuff. I do know this. My interest level in the NBA outside of my teams might be at an all-time low. And that's that's not a good thing if you're Adam Silver and Co. That's, again, why this in-season tournament thing, that's why they're trying to do it. I just, it's becoming more and more regionalized to me. Not to the level of baseball yet, but I fear it could be getting to that point. Now it's different because we know the players. It's more international. NBA is way more international than Major League Baseball. I know Shohei Otani. I know uh, Yamamoto, all these guys. I know they're big names. It's getting there. Yeah. Luka, massive. Giannis, massive. Joel Embiid, massive. LeBron, obviously. Steph, obviously. Like all these guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Like these are big names globally so the nba will always have that market as well where the nfl they're trying they're doing the nfl europe games they're playing in london they're trying to do that as well they're dominating over there but not to the level of the nba so that is the one thing that they do have in their back pocket but for me and maybe i'm in the minority here at 888-957-9570 my interest level outside of my teams and outside of the golden state warriors has never been lower and is that to is that to speak into you know the face of the league outside of Stephen Curry outside of LeBron when they're when they're packing it up who's it going to be Luca okay he's fun eh. Giannis Giannis has won a title okay and that's a problem though uh, for those are two European players and for this league for this face does it need to be an American player nothing against those guys being European or not being from the country but for the longest time it's been dominated. By our own guys, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe, LeBron, Steph, all these dudes, Wilt, Bill Russell. And now we got this European wave over here. We got Giannis, Luka, uh, Joel Embiid, who's actually going to be playing. Uh, he's hailing America, by the way, for the next uh, Olympics. Joel Embiid's our guy. So we get to keep Joel Embiid. There we go. So it is interesting to hear all those numbers and stuff like that. But the NFL's king. Football is king. We love football, fantasy football. It doesn't matter. It's crack for us. Mm-hmm. College football, too. College football. Yeah. I, just, I can't wait for the college football playoff. We got Washington. We got uh, Michigan. We got Alabama. Who's the fourth team I'm missing? It's blanking on it right Texas. now. Texas. Yeah. There you go. Texas. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, Texas. It's, it's all revenge game. It's all about that is an actually interesting subplot of that game. Yeah, and again, it's, yeah, obviously we're all excited for the college football playoff, the New Year's Six Bowls, which, I mean, there's, I don't know how much. Don't even care those. about those. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. It's like that, we went we college football off the rip here. It's like there's, there's too many, there's, there's 43 bowl games. There's too many bowl games. Like, don't even today, like, 
the the only reason I, I care about Miami Rutgers because I went there and I don't even want to care about that game. Yeah. Like I'm gonna watch purely out of obligation, and I just I have no hopes for it. It's just I, I, again I'm watching the Holiday Bowl last night, and the commentators, you know, they're they're trying to hype up the bowl season, and they're like, you know, oh for those who say that the bowl season don't matter, you know, these kids they're still trying. You get to see the stars of next year because you know you got all these people who are sitting out the bowl games now, and they're trying to hype it up. It's like, sure, I guess. But like that's just it, that that still doesn't do it for me. If the best thing you can offer is, you know, you're gonna see next year's maybe quarterback play, you know, tonight. Like that's not enough for me. That's not a draw. It's well, not gonna also, make me want to watch a, a football game played at a baseball and stadium. It's also the transfer portal now with uh, with college. It's not quite on the professional level, but all these guys can move colleges now. It's mm-hmm. like whatever. So like, why should I get invested in this guy when he could be uh, jumping ship? Like your guy Tyler Van Dyke can go somewhere else, or uh, Caleb Williams who went from Oklahoma to USC. So like, these guys jump around now to the point where it's just like shoutout eh, pain. There you go. Like it's just it, it is what it is. Uh, Duke and Sam Bruno wants to jump in on the uh, Warriors conversation we were having with Anthony Slater. We can get back into the dubs eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Duke, what's going on, man? You're on with uh, Spadoni and Lubman. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um. Okay, so kind of hear me out on this. With the exception of you uh, and maybe a handful of guys on the game, I feel like Fitzgerald especially and some of the beat writers, they're like Draymond apologists. I mean, I'm just an old man watching basketball on TV, and it's refreshing to watch basketball, see the young guys who are very athletic, moving the ball, making plays, and not having to watch a guy argue with the ref and all the theatrics that goes along with it. Why? I mean, it's just like the Warriors are a more fun team to watch without Draymond. And I hear this, especially Fitzgerald. Oh, wait till Draymond comes back. Wait till Draymond comes back. They weren't a good team when Draymond was there. And I don't think they're going to be any better if he does come back. I just, I don't understand it. Help me out here. I appreciate you calling in, Duke, and I can hear your passion in your voice. I'd like to help me out there. I, I agree. Like... <laughs> And Anthony and I put Anthony in a very difficult position because he has to talk to these guys. So I didn't mean to do that, but it was basically like it does seem like a weight. And he was very careful with how he said it. I was like, there does seem to be a weight lifted off this team with Draymond Green being out of there. And he kind of agreed with me. Like there is something to be said about the team playing a lot freer, a lot more loose. Just the energy of this team is night and day. But they're gonna bring him back. I mean, you heard it from Slater there, whether it's in January, whether it's some other time, they're going to bring him back because they paid him and they need him. The problem is, when they bring him back, who's going to suffer the most? That was playing well. Is it Kaminga? Is it Wiggins again? Is it, uh, I mean, Wiggins, is he going to be traded? Like, Jonathan Kaminga is the guy I look at, who's already getting, you know, the short end of the stick when it's not his day, when it's Andrew Wiggins' day, and then you don't want to, you know, upset Clay Thompson in closing, so you just take Kaminga. That's the easiest option for Steve Kerr. So, when and if they bring back Draymond Green, someone's going to have to suffer, unfortunately. And ultimately, is it going to be the Golden State Warriors and their hopes to win a championship, Sam Ludman? Yeah. First, I want to pick up the first part of Duke's question. There is, you know, the Draymond apologist. I mean. Situations like that. First off, Bob Fitzgerald, he's a team employee. You know, he's a yeah. broadcaster for the team. So he's not going to go out and on the broadcast crush Draymond Green. That's he's just, also won four titles here. So this yeah, is Yeah, there's, there's that as well, too. And the fact of the matter is, like, people in the media, and this is, you know, a little how the sausage is made little segment here. The relationships in this business do matter. Uh, the way, you, I mean, when you're around these guys every day, uh, how you talk about them publicly matters, especially in the NBA. 
uh, players will remember what is said about them, uh, especially if you're a, a media member who's part of a, of a voting group of some sort, whether you're voting on All-NBA, MVP, stuff like that, uh, because so many players have incentives tied to some of these awards that these media members uh, vote on. Um, so it's like, you know, they, 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 there's been instances in the past where, you know, players will get irritated with writers because they didn't put them on an all-NBA on an all uh, NBA team of some sort and ended up costing them money. So there's there's stuff like, there, there's there's just weird dynamics like that when you're in the media. It's a, it's a tough uh, line to have to kind of walk across because you have to be honest to do your job correctly. You have to be fair and unbiased. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge that you're around these people every day. Now, if you're someone in the media, I'm not going to name names, but if you're just like these people in the media who go out just kind of spot, you know, spouting all sorts of nonsense and just saying whatever you know pops into your head about certain players, they're going to notice that, and it's going to be reflected in how those players and coaches interact with you in various media sessions. So that that's really just to answer that question there. Um, and yeah, as far as just playing free without Draymond, I. Yeah, it does look like obviously everyone's having more fun with Draymond gone. A question I want to ask Anthony, and I'll, and I'll throw this out there: is who's had who's benefited the most from Draymond Green's absence? Um, I didn't get a chance to ask Anthony that, but I definitely like to ask the Roasters that eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Who do you think has benefited the most from Draymond Green's absence? Because uh, again, it's it's going to change a lot when he does come back there. I do think, though, again, you're going to work him back in. You have to. I, you really, I don't think you really have a choice. Okay. Interesting answer yeah, what, what's your answer there? I'd say Stephen Curry. Because for the longest time, Stephen Curry was attached to Draymond Green. Steph can't win without Draymond Green. We just saw him win five straight games without Draymond Green. And Steph was being the leader of that team. You know what? This whole narrative that they can't win one without Draymond, I, they haven't done it, I understand. But you know what? Going forward, I can't count on that guy. Being in day in and day out, I just can't. Even with this indefinite suspension, him to have learned his lesson, I can't. I can't expect that to change. Do you, honestly, in your heart of hearts, Sam, do you expect after this suspension that Draymond Green is going to change on the floor? Absolutely not. So, so if that's the uh, narrative that both you and I are under the assumption that he is not going to change his play on the court, he's going to be balls to the wall all the time, and that's what you need. You need that. I understand it. But if you can't count on him. It's good to know that the other guys behind him can still win and pick up the slack when it becomes a Stephen Curry. Now, can they still win a title without him? Defensively, it's going to be tough. I do acknowledge that. Anthony Slater acknowledged that. He is the heart and soul of that defense, and the defense hasn't been awesome during his absence. I understand that. But the only way the young guys can get better at defense is playing more and more. Terry Jackson Davis, I like what I see from him defensively. That's a great, great test. Even though he had a cup of coffee against Jokic, it's a great test. That's how you to get better. The best iron of the best. Iron. Absolutely. Um, Kaminga, same thing. That, that That's why it, it just baffles me. Kaminga in the playoffs last year. I know you were coming off a title run. I know the minutes were scarce. You shrink your rotations. But that is invaluable stuff for him going forward. If he even got to just go up against LeBron, right? Go up against AD. Go up against uh, you know the Sabonis, whoever he was going up against, and uh, the Kings, right? The Harrison Barneses of the world. The De'Aaron Foxes. That is invaluable experience that I just felt like he missed on. And you can't now, now Moody... 
Like, that is great experience for him going forward. But again, Moses Moody now getting phased out of the lineup. But again, they were part of a championship run the year before. I guess, but they didn't Being really a part of that still, I do think you, you could bench, take away though. from that. They though. were on the bench. But they were there for That's got to mean something, right? But, but a little bit, but I would like to see more, like, reps-wise. They're only going to get yeah, better. You, can't, you can only get, like, this isn't Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre. This isn't the quarterback position. This isn't Jordan Love studying behind Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, there is, there is aspects to that that help. But ultimately, you gotta play. Uh, Brett wants to play on the morning roast. He's on the Bray Bridge. What's going on, Brett? You're on with uh, Spadoni and Lubman. Good morning, boys. Morning, Brett. How's traffic on the bridge? Want... <laughs> it's actually really smooth right now. Thank you for the holidays. Oh, good. You know, I want to say, I mean, I was kind of touching on what you were just saying there. I, I think Kaminga's benefiting a lot from these minutes. I think Baby T's benefiting a lot from these minutes with Draymond gone. I mean, hate him or love him, you're stuck with Dray. They, they did not re-sign him, or give him an extension, I should say, uh, to have him sit on the bench. They're just, they're just not going to have him sit on the bench. And I think where his, where his best time is going to come in is during the playoffs. Now, what that looks like and what the raw or how they're going to maneuver guys around, I'm not sure. But right now, they look good, and they played a quality game against Denver. I mean, that game was right there for the picking. I mean, it's good. they could easily be on a six-game winning streak. It's the Warriors got some tough decisions ahead of themselves. I mean, do you want to continue to build for the future, or do you want to see what you got going on? But anyway, thanks for taking my call, guys. Have a great day. That's Brett on the Bay Bridge, 888-957-9570. If you would like to weigh in, you can call or text the Comcast Business Text Line. Also hit us up on YouTube and Twitch. Search 957 The Game, like, and subscribe there. We are streaming each and every day this week as we are Monday through Friday, usually from 5 a.m., through 7 p.m. No pregame show this week. We'll be back next week, though. Uh, great points there from Brett talking about Kaminga and Draymond Green. They are stuck with him. Like they, they aren't moving off Draymond Green. When he is ready to come back, he will be inserted into the starting lineup. Maybe they bring him off the bench one game, get him reintegrated, but I don't see that really happening outside of one game. Um, but if he's in the starting lineup, you know who's going to you know take the brunt of it as far as their minutes go? Probably going to be Kaminga. In which case, you've already heard the comments from him when he's talking to Marcus Thompson II, who covers the team for the Athletic. Hey, it's hard. Man, like, he takes this stuff very personally. And he's just a young player. The old guys do, too. Clay Thompson, very hard. It's a humbling thing to get benched in the closing minutes. That's basically, if you're playing well, you're closing. If you're not, you're sitting on the bench. That's basically what it comes down to. And you know what? I appreciate Steve Kerr going that way, Sam, because it's finally like, you know what? He's chasing the wins, right? There was that whole thing. Yeah, I remember wins. that a couple years ago. And that's funny, bringing it back up now. And they were chasing wins last year, all that sort of stuff. But they really have to. Mm-hmm. And that's forced his hand to, you know what, going with the hot hand. And yeah. I, that is something that is a breath of fresh air, I think, for Golden State Warriors fans this year with Steve Kerr. Talking about him having not his best year. I think this, this little run he's been on with the young guys has been a great, Great breath of fresh air for Warriors fans because he's been forced to go with the hot hand. No, I absolutely agree with you. And uh, that kind of like we're talking about who, who who's benefiting the most from Draymond's absence. I mean, again, I think the easy answer is definitely the young guys. But I'm like, Steve Kerr might be benefiting from this app because, like you said, he said that uh, you know whoever's yeah. playing the best at the end will will be playing at the end. I think it took him a while to really commit to that. I think that kind of came to a a, a, a head when. Uh, with the whole Moses Moody incident against the Kings where he admitted afterwards I should have left uh, Moses in there. I feel like that might have been kind of like a wake-up call for Kerr. It's like, you know what, I'm, if I'm going to say this, I need to commit to it and actually 
play the guys who are playing the best in the in the closing minutes of each game. But I feel like by taking uh, Draymond Green out of the equation for the time being, you know, we're, we're talking earlier in the show about, you know, Steve Kerr, is he is he coaching for his next contract with the Warriors or is he coaching in a way that he can explain it to, you know, in, in future job interviews? With Draymond Green's absence, it's almost provided Kerr an avenue to kind of coach himself into a contract for next year because he has no choice but to find alternate options besides Draymond Green. He has no choice but to get Jonathan Kaminga in the rotation as much as possible, to, you know, get Trace Jackson Davis on the court as much as possible, to start Brandon Pajemski. It's it's opened up so many avenues for Steve Kerr that have improved this team to a point where, you know, none of these things probably would have happened if, uh, if if Draymond Green hadn't gotten suspended because there's that whole concept of loyalty. You know, just does, does, does Steve Kerr feel loyal to Draymond Green and keeping him on the court there because that is his guy. That is his guy who he won four championships with, along with Clay and Steph. Um, there's this, you know, Desire, you want to see the the big three age together, keep winning together, and eventually maybe, you know, fritter out together. But it's come to the point where that's clearly not going to be the case. I don't, you know, the big three, they're not going to finish their careers together. I think it, that that's kind of obvious at this point. Locking that in? You locking that in? Yeah, sure. Aren't gonna lock, uh, I mean, Thompson, Stephen Curry, and Draymond Green the there we go. will Found not it. finish their careers together as Golden State. And honestly, Warriors. I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. You know, it, I think right now, we, we posed this question, remember, a couple weeks ago on the show. Uh, would you rather have Steph finish his career with Clay or finish his career with Draymond? I would lean more Clay, uh, mm-hmm. especially because the way Draymond's absence has kind of set the table for guys to kind of not so much replace Draymond, but to come in and kind of show that they could be useful in Draymond Green's absence. Like the rise of Jonathan Kaminga totally changes just what you want to do with Draymond Green. Because uh, if Kaminga can can provide that same defensive intensity with a little bit more of a scoring punch, I mean, I'm not saying this isn't me saying that Jonathan Kaminga is the next Draymond Green. I'm saying that Jonathan Kaminga has positioned himself to where, if you don't have Draymond Green, you could still maybe rely on Jonathan Kaminga to maybe not replace Draymond Green, but to at least slide in there, handle the role that you know Draymond maybe had, and kind of provide you know similar levels of production. You know, it's funny. We've been talking about Draymond Green, Jonathan Kaminga. We've been talking about a lot of players. The guy we really haven't been talking about at all, he's actually been pretty solid this year. The guy that we all thought was going to be a huge reason for the success or the failure of this year has been Chris Paul. I haven't even brought that guy's name up at all. And I think that just speaks to you know how consistent he's been. You know, Everyone thought this guy coming into the season was going to be enemy number one. And he's done a great job with the young guys. When it's the development of young players, you cannot take that away from Chris Paul. He does a great job picking and choosing his spots, feeding these young guys, the pick-and-roll game. Him and Saric obviously have a very good on-court relationship when it comes to attacking, penetrating, kicking out. But his role can't be understated when it comes to the you know, progression of Jonathan Kaminga, I believe. I think he's been a resounding voice in that locker room specifically for this. All the faults that Draymond Green... You know, Steph, Clay, you know, in regards to, and we can give Steve Kerr a lot of it because he's that coach, but I, I look at some of those veterans too, Sam, when it comes to the development of these young guys. I know it's not their job technically, but you should be a leader for them. And I think Chris Paul has been a great leader in that locker room for these young guys. 888-957-9570. I'll just, in a year, in a preseason where we were crushing the signing of Chris Paul, give the guy some flowers, man. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's worked. Now, I don't know if he's going to be on the team next month or these coming months. He might be gone. 
But I'm looking at the uh, the lasting possibly. impact, possibly the lasting impact he's had is helping these young guys. Yeah, no, and I know. You, you mentioned there it's like how much of a role do the do the veterans have in kind of developing these young guys? I think that there is some sort of a role that they should take there because remember when this dynasty first got started, you know, with with the young Steph, with the young Clay, with the young Draymond. The guy, the, the veteran leaders on that team, they call them, you know, the, the three old wise men or whatever, you know, David West, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. Shout Those out Christmas, were, three wise men. Yeah, you know, they were... I want Iguodala. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it was... Those three guys, I mean, they were the veteran leaders of that clubhouse there, of that locker room back in the day. They kind of set the tone, really, so to speak, of the Warriors' culture. You know, Steph, Clay, and Dre, obviously, they brought the performance, but it was the, the steadying hand of those three wise men, you know, not James Wiseman, you know, David West, Sean Livingston, Andre Godala. They set the tone in that, in that locker room that really kind of, I think, bore this Warriors' culture that carried this dynasty for as long as it did. And... I think that, yeah, it does become on Steph, Clay, and Dre to kind of pass the template that was established back in 2012, back in 2013. They have to pass that template on to the next generation of Warriors. So I do think, in terms of how they contribute to the development, I think maybe that could be up for debate. Um, but I do think that, no, these the veterans, they do have a role to play in, in getting these young guys integrated with this team, integrated with this system, integrated with this culture. Because if they want this thing to continue past you know their time here that that's how you do it really you know who's on a roll and is crushing it sam lubbin ladies and gentlemen filling in for joe shasky joe spadoni filling in for bonte hill and you're listening to 95.7 the game kgmz fm and hd1 san francisco always live on the free odyssey app download the odyssey app and favorite 95.7 the game for the best and most up-to-date sports coverage and don't forget that you can also watch us every day on our YouTube and Twitch streams. Just log on and search 95.7 The Game. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. Again, 888-957-9570. That's the number to call or text the Comcast Business Text Line and search 95.7 The Game. Like and subscribe. Talking Warriors. We talked some Niners early on. Best and worst players of the year is kind of what we're going to do here this last hour who's had the best year who's had some of the worst years you can keep it to the bay area if you want i think sam might have some we doing king of the hill sammy yeah i gotta do a king of the hill usually it's bonte's thing but uh, it's a paid segment so we want to do it every call it the king of the sam hill king of the sam hill yeah the sam something like that we'll We'll figure out not bad we've been workshopping the name i I probably should have had that down by the time we started this it's all good you know what it's live radio for you there you go do Uh, it live dan and sf will do that live uh dan and sf wants to join the conversation uh, what's going on, Dan? You're on with uh, Spadonia Lovin. Yeah, sure. Hey, fellas. How are you? Yeah, you know, uh, in my opinion, J.K. and Trace have obviously benefited the most uh, with Dre out, you know, getting the minutes. I see why Steve, though, sometimes doesn't play J.K. as much as J.K. thinks he should or fans think he should. He's, you know, listen, he's the seventh overall pick for a reason. Great athleticism, good explosion, has size. But he's not always the smartest player, though. You know, he takes some bad shots. He sometimes he holds the ball too long in the offense and, you know, kind of throws the offense out of rhythm. You know, he's still learning a lot of nuances of, of you know, the NBA game. Um, and I think that Trace has developed a lot with Draymond being out, getting more opportunity, because he wasn't a guy that played every game when Draymond was healthy. You know, he, you know he'd have some DNP. So seeing Trace roll to the rim and actually be a threat to score, you know, kind of opens up another offensive dimension. So I think those guys, particularly um, those guys in the front court, 
have benefited a lot, and I think it's getting their confidence up as Draymond's out. All right, that's Dan and SF, 888-957-9570, if you'd like to weigh in as well. Who has benefited the most on the Warriors with the absence of Draymond Green? We heard Trace Jackson Davis, Jonathan Kaminga, Steve Kerr. I said Stephen Curry. He's been forced to, you know, you know, win games without Draymond Green, something he hasn't done a lot of, you know, during his time as a Golden State Warrior because Draymond Green has been tied at the hip. Him, Clay Thompson, all of them. The big three, right? But Steph, he's shown. This team has shown. They can win without Draymond. Now, can they win a championship without him? Probably not. He is still the best defensive player on the team, one of the best defensive players in the league. Is he what he once was? No. But he's still damn good. The problem is, Kai gets ejected, got his boneheaded stuff, and he hurts the on-court product of the team. Draymond, go bye-bye. Exactly. Far too often I've had to play that drop here. And it just it doesn't help when you're not on the court. You know, you can be as good on defense as you want. Yeah. You can be barking out orders all you want. And, yeah, that's where the most important season of his career, Spadani. He said that. And Bonte never lets him forget it. No, we Every should, we should let anybody him. forget it. You said this is the most important season of his career. Steve Herkeven came on and explained what he meant by that. And it's just he's, he's completely pissed it away. And he may have pissed his, his entire future with the Warriors away because of his antics this year to where it's just... I think it would have been different, too, also, if, if during the suspension the Warriors just absolutely cratered and they lost, you know, six in a row, and the young guys looking terrible, because then it's like, oh, Draymond's gone, and clearly they need him. But the Warriors, again, it's it's almost like this is why Draymond's probably has had one of the worst years of 2023, is that here at the end, we're kind of starting to see that Warriors might not need you as much as they've needed him in the past. Man, bad years in 2023. Who has had the worst years? Who's had the best years? You know what, Sam? You want, you want to hit it? Do you want to do you out the open there? Do you want to do it? It's not King of the Bonte Hill. It's King of the Samuel L. L. I don't even know. What's your middle name, Sam? Patrick. I had to remember that for a second. He didn't even know. There you go. Forgetting my own middle name. There you go. I use it so rarely. King of the Hill. What do you got, Sam? What are these the best seven of? Yeah, so who had the seven best years in Bay Area sports sports this year? Am I doing the read, by the way? Sorry. Uh, I could do the read, actually. Let me pull that up here. I know it is presented by uh, West Coast Men's Health as I pull the read up here. King of the Hill. Is brought to you by West Coast Men's Health, successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Mm. Visit westcoastmenshealth.com. All right, who had the seven best years in Bay Area sports in 2023? Starting off with number seven. Number seven. Look at us doing it together. Uh, It's actually a tie. I'm going to do a little bit of a cop out here. Uh, Tying for number seven. Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis. Welcome to the big time, guys. You guys, especially Pajemski, quite the glow up this year. We obviously referenced a tweet the other day from going from not on draft boards to starting for the Golden State Warriors. Trace Jackson Davis, second round pick. Who is this guy? Wait, came out of Illinois? No one even remembers where he came from. All of a sudden, he's the number one center option amongst fans here in the Golden State Warriors. As far as I'm concerned, that's what I consider a pretty good year. I don't mind that. The fact that we have Trace Jackson Davis, though, as number seven. I love you, Trace. Outside of the Niners, I don't think there's going to be a lot of guys on here. No, again, <laughs> as, uh, again I'm, I'm quoting uh, the great philosopher Bonte Hill. It's my list, not yours. There you go. Number six. Number six. It's Nick Bosa. Cashed in this year with the big $50 million signing bonus and the big contract extension. He's been having a really good year after you know a four-game kind of whatever to start the season. He's right back in DPOY form. He is shining out there on that field. He is a big reason why the Niners have one of the best defenses in the league. 
I'd put him higher up on that list, but holding out during training camp, slow start to the season, it's going to knock you down a little bit. Uh, moving into the top five. Number five. It's did gotta we do be at a, the same time? Did we? I think we Look did. Us. So never mind. You do it. There's some Potico there. There you go. That's just how locked in we are. You know, we spend so much time back here. We're basically finish, finishing each other. We're other's, basically uh, the Drew Locks no, of the not. station. Um, we come in and win. Coming to number five, I have to have a giant on this list. I can't not have a giant on this list because it's me. It's Logan Webb. Oh, I thought it was me, Mitch. Signs Hanniger. the big. That was close. It was between him and Hanniger, really. Logan Webb signs the big contract at the beginning of the year. A lot of big contracts this year that were signed in the Bay Area. Uh, signs the big contract that is basically saying, hey, right now you're the face of this franchise. You are the guy here in the Giants. I know I've, he's a two-time uh, guest on Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. It's another reason why he's on this list. Uh, love our Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys guests. And uh, I've always thought of him being that, you know, the next guy for the Giants. Maybe that might be a little bit of an over-exaggeration to say that he could be that guy in the same way that like Tim Lincecum and Buster Posey were. But he got the contract. He led the league in innings. He led this rotation. He was, he was the leader for the Giants. The leader of the Giants. He was the leader the Giants needed this season. And then he finishes second in the Cy Young voting. And you know, if he had a better offense behind him, if he finished the season with more wins than losses, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he gets closer to that first place. Maybe he even wins the Cy Young. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little bit of a homer there. Logan Webb, you are number five on my list. I like list. Logan Webb because you know what? He embraces the city of San Francisco as well. He really does. He does. And uh, I, I, he's, he's and he not... doesn't claim to be from here either. He's no. from Rockland. Loves the city of San Francisco and, of course, big Raider fan. He's not Huge. A... And Kings fan. He was not a Jimmy G fan. No. Uh, he's an Aiden O'Connell guy. Coming at number four. Number four. It's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, again, it's he's been one of the big MVPs for the 49ers this year. 21 touchdowns. Dude balls out every year. He has been, he is completely just, he's been a revelation for the Niners ever since uh, we we put out here on the show that the Niners should go and get him. So, uh, shout out to the Morning Rose for helping make that happen. Bonte Shatsky, you guys got the ball rolling on that one. Christian McCaffrey, number four on my uh, top seven Barry athletes of 2023. Wow, okay. That's going to be a tough list to crack then. He's been, if not, he's number two right now on DraftKings for uh, the MVP of the league. It just show, goes to show uh, what the top three is like. Oh. Number three. It's Steph Curry for three. Because again, Decent Steph Curry basically for, yeah, he's, he's all right. Basically, for the last 10 years, he's basically been the number one, I saying basically a lot, he's been the number one athlete in the Bay Area for the last 10 years. No matter what he does, he wakes up in the morning, he's already one of the greats. Like, that's just how Steph is. We are living in Steph's world. So he comes in at number three because it's just every year's a great year for Steph and Curry. Number two. He did not have a good playoff series, I'll tell you that, though. Yeah, well, you know, had a playoff series to when you run into the buzzsaw that is Lonnie Walker, Kane's legend, who I have to talk mm. well of today since I'm wearing my Miami Hurricanes jersey. Mm. Those things happen. Lonnie Walker's having a good Let's not forget what happened in Game 7 against the Kings. All right. Number two. Ooh, I like how I tie that up with the, with the gap there. It's Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. You know, uh... As I said yesterday, you know, I think Shanahan, he, he removed a lot of doubts around him this year uh, in terms of just can he get the Niners to that next level. He has been in his bag this year with his play calling. He has been way more confident out there. Uh, obviously, the personnel he has, and more on that in a second, is a big part of that. Uh, I've had a lot of doubts on Kyle Shanahan in the past. I did not think he was the guy. I thought he was going to be Marty Schottenheimer 2.0. I, I started to think maybe I was wrong on that one, and I hope I was, because I think if Kyle Shanahan, if he can truly get there to the end, if he can finish the job this year, he has the potential to, I think, launch a significant dynasty here in the Bay Area. Not just because of Kyle Shanahan, though. It's because of our guy at number one. 
It's not that hard to figure out. It's Brock Purdy. If there was a sports person of the year, you know how Sports Illustrated, they do their sports person of the year every year? If there was a sports person of the Bay Area sports year, it would be Brock Purdy. He has completely taken the Bay Area by storm. He has taken the Niner faithful by storm. It's been a long time since we've seen a guy like him come in, just burst on the scene out of nowhere, and just capture everybody's hearts and minds like this. He's got people who don't even know what football is going out and trying to buy his jersey. He is completely just revolutionized how we enjoy football here in the Bay Area. He has revolutionized things for Kyle Shanahan. So, Brock Purdy, number one Bay Area athlete in 2023. Number seven, Brandon Pajenski, Trace Jackson Davis. Number six, Nick Bosa. Number five, Logan Webb. Number four, Christian McCaffrey. Number three is Steph. Number two, Kyle Shanahan. And of course, number one, Brock Purdy. And there it is. Sam Lubman's King of the Hill for this week, 888-957-9570. We got one more segment coming up, and it's all about y'alls and your calls, as a former host here like to say, 888-957-9570. All about the youth. We're like two hours, Sammy. He's champing at the bit here for the Miami Hurricanes. Who are they playing? Rutgers. Rutgers, that's right. Greg Schiano. There you go. Scarlet Knights. Ah. Yeah, that's about I, as exciting I, as you can get. Yeah, I, that, that, that says it all right there. Uh, more of your calls, more of your text. Hit us up on Twitch and YouTube. Powered. Oh, not not yet powered. I almost, soon. I almost soon, soon, soon to be powered by something. Um, but we're crushing it on the other side. Best and worst athletes of the year. Doesn't have to be athletes. You know, people, if you want. I don't want to get too geopolitical here, though, but so keep it in the sporting realm. It could be players, coaches, GMs, and otherwise. You know what I'm curious, too, to the callers? I'm curious, what was your biggest win of the year? Just oh, there you 12 go. our roasters calling. What was the biggest win you had this year? I want to hear about you guys. Tell me your high point of 2023. And that's coming up next. Brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 